into the contest. It's Tuesday the 3rd of August. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Shane Lee, Tom Turbo Trebojevic. Now you live on the Northern Beaches. He is the absolute king. What about him for Manly against the Sharks last night? Mate, he has to become an immortalist guy. Like It's very rare that you watch um, sport and you see... Greatness. And the three tries that he scored last night, plus the three assists, are some of the best bits of football I've seen in my life. If this guy can stay fit, if he keeps those hamstrings um, not torn, he is going to be one of the greatest players ever to, uh, to to grace the footy field, mate. He was unbelievable to watch last night. Yeah, the Wally Lewis medal, of course. He won that in the State of Origin series, and we do have the State of Origin jersey. You've still got a chance to win that. Follow us on Twitter on Afternoon Sport or our Afternoon Sport Facebook page, and you could win a signed New South Wales jersey. Oh, we've got a jam-packed show today. We've got the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett, rugby league player, host and presenter Katie Brown and our editor-at-large Rob Gilbert he'll talk to us about the Matildas oh they went so close Afternoon Sport Alright it is time to talk Rugby League the, the greatest game of all it never disappoints and someone that plays it presents it reports it Katie Brown how are you? I'm good Tim What about Queensland lockdown I tell you what it, it needed a bit of Peter Volandi's magic on the weekend didn't it to to get those games away Gosh that was so close to missing the rest of the round um, that was intense but we, we we got up and running after 24 hours in the hard work from Peter Volandi's and Andrew Abdo and then this week, we know Queensland, they're in lockdown until Sunday. The families get out of quarantine on Wednesday at midday and they're going to go straight back into a bubble. Can you believe it? Oh, it gets back to what we discussed last week. And I, and I don't want to go around and comment on everyone's personal situation, but it was almost worth trying to sort of dissuade as many families. I would have thought personally uh, not to come on this. Let's go up there. Let's get this season done and we'll be home soon enough. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, you, you look at it now and they're just going into what the biosecurity bubble level four restrictions. Um, and then there's also talk now that Queensland have, have done their dash in hosting the grand final after the way that the game and, and the governments have treated the NRLs. Maybe the MCG will host. But you know what? It's so hard to pick a venue when we have this current situation and it's just proof how quickly something well COVID can change plans. It's almost too hard to plan where we'll play the grand final, let alone play mm. this week. I mean, they're going to Redcliffe, the Bulldogs and West Tigers. So it's, it's always changing, Tim. Yeah, don't miss the 2021 Grand Final live from the Adelaide Oval. <laughs> I like, you got to laugh. It might end up at Bell Reeve in Hobart or, or in Canberra. But it's like, that's it. It's just like putting, you know, putting fingers in the holes in the dam. Like, it's a, what, what do you do? It's just, it's a, it's a difficult space. Look, with, with things moving ahead, hopefully we'll have a, a lot more certainty towards the end of the year. Uh, one thing that's pretty certain at the moment is Penrith starting, or Penrith, why don't we group them together, Penrith and Parramatta? Penrith because of injury, and I know Mitchell Moses were out, but Parramatta looked impotent the other night. They unfortunately look like they've lost their way. Uh, more than that, uh, it, was, it was serious. Their attacking flair is just so not there, um, let alone, I guess, their edge defence is questionable as well, which is so disappointing because I really thought this year, I don't want to write them off yet, but when you look at who's going to play Melbourne Storm, because that's what I've come down to, I'm like, who is going to be in the big dance with Melbourne Storm? And right now, 
I can't give Penrith a tick and I can't give Parramatta a tick. The only ones I'm, I'm saying maybe is South Sydney. Mm, yeah, they've got that coach. They've got the X factors. If they stay fit, they they possibly could. But I think Melbourne are just the winks of the competition now, aren't they? They just look that good with Pappenhausen back and all those other big names back. They just look formidable. Yeah, I'm with you. And even when you think that, they won't win. I thought this season, you know, no Cameron Smith. Maybe it will be two different teams. No, absolutely not. Looking stronger than ever. Um, and and you talk about the big names, but it's also those those unknowns. I mean, Nico Hines, he is what he was 18th man for the New South Wales Blues. Tyson um, Smoothie, you know, like all these unknowns are now knowns. Oh, absolutely. And that's what they do, don't they, these master coaches. So what happens to the women's competition now, Katie? It really uh, puts a... Uh, it puts a cloud over it, doesn't it? So that's pushback. Yeah, there's no cloud. Andrew Abdo has confirmed still go ahead. Six-week comp will start the week of the finals. But remember, I was um, talking to you both last week saying that 75% of the women voted. They wanted to go and be in a bubble like the men and just get it going. Um, the NRL didn't actually think that the women would vote and and be prepared to uplift their lives. So they've gone, oh, mm. hang on. Well, no, you, you do option B. So they'll kick off the, the first week of finals, still all six teams, but really tricky because it opens up opportunities for players who are injured to come back now and also for New Zealand mm. players to contemplate whether or not they go home. So a few of them had to go home before Friday last week. Yeah. I think, yeah, the cloud I, I sort of refer to is is the fact that, uh, you know, it's all, it's breaking out all over the place and there's talk of uh, they don't really know where this Queensland thing's going to end. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting. There doesn't seem to be any real solid ground for anyone right at the moment. No, no, you're right. I mean, gosh, we don't really know what we're doing tomorrow. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm still fine to go to work, but by the time you get home, you think, all right, well, uh, uh, is there going to be a, a more severe lockdown? I know the government says says no, it won't get any more severe, but just got to live in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much more severe they can do apart from strap us to our doors. The, um, are, you, are, you, are you still training? Are you still finding innovative ways to train? Yeah, I've got the garage and uh, have managed to get a bit of pocket money and pay well over what I should for um for some weights, but that's okay. I figure I don't know how long I'm gonna be in here for. I'm not paying for a gym membership, so gotta try and do something with the spare hours in my day right now. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm trying to go for walks. I've I've walked more than Kerry Saxby Jr. recently. So hopefully I'll start losing some weight. I just gotta stop eating. Katie, great to chat. Uh let, let's talk next week. Sounds good. Look after yourself. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, our editor-at-large, the Matildas. There's still a chance at bronze. Rob Gilbert is here. Follow and subscribe to Sportonomic. Venture with me, Reese Lenarduzzi, and other industry experts and key players beyond the mere headlines and into the depths of sports business, law, economics, and finance. Find Sportonomic on your favourite podcast app now. Sportonomic, sponsored by Athlon Partners. Come find out about the emerging universe of sports capital at athlonpartners.com. 
Okay, it's time to chat with our editor-at-large, Roberto Gilbert. Robbie, how good have the Olympics been, bud? Yeah, just absolutely loving it, Timmy. Hello, Shane. Um, I know uh, I live in a home where my other half is not as enthusiastic as I am about it, and I think she's absolutely sick to death of me saying, come and watch this, come and look at that. Did you see this? <laughs> I haven't seen the Greco-Roman. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I look just like you did, Shane. Um, the Gilbert boys grew up in a house that, uh, that loved the four-year Olympics. Olympic cycle. I remember in 1984 racing home to mm. see the great Dean Lucan power lift with no assistance, of course. So, yeah, we love them. And all the way back to the great Edwin Flack, uh, um, who we uh, obviously never saw in the early Olympics, but, uh, you know, his name was seminal in, in the Olympics in Australia and still is. Now, Robbie, the Matildas, uh, it's a sad loss overnight, uh, 1-0 to Sweden. Yeah, it, uh, it was one of those ones where uh, we needed to be at our very best. And to be honest, I think the Matildas really were at as good a level of performance as they could have been. They mm. feel a little bit um, wobbly early, but then they, they really had the Swedish team rattled. Uh, and that Swedish team have been amazing during the course of the tournament. Uh, um, we know that Canada ended up beating the USA to go to the gold medal final, but it was Sweden that knocked off the Yanks uh, 3-0 mm. to really send the shockwaves through that tournament. And, uh, and we had uh, competed against them very, very much so in the in the group stage where it were two all. Sam had a penalty to, to go up 3-2. It was obviously saved. We know the result there was 4-2. But uh, Tony Gustafsson, the Swedish coach, um, as we know uh, uh, from the homeland of the opposition, he really set the team up well. He's got a great attitude going through. Um, I think, uh, you know, we should be proud of the the, uh, the girls and, and really looking forward to 2023. Just so disappointing that that, that um, penalty just before halftime was chalked off because, uh, look, you know, you obviously know the ebbs and flows of sport, you know, if that had happened, would that have happened? But in this case, it would have been one all. There's no question yeah, because yep. they would have scored. It would have gone into halftime one all. The Swedes would have probably scored that goal early in the second half and it would have been helter-skelter. Yeah, exactly. But they had a thousand opportunities. Obviously, that Sam Kerr goal. But things go against you, and the Matildas had. A th- but they still got a chance, of course, to get a bronze medal. The Opals, fortunate, really. They had a good win over Puerto Rico, and they snuck in to play the US. But Robbie, the other big news, particularly for Melbourne where you live, is there's a real chance that the mighty MCG, the Cathedral, the Coliseum, may get both grand finals, the AFL and NRL. Well, it isn't it uh, amazing? You know the times we live in that last year the MCG couldn't host the uh, the AFL grand final this year every rugby league fan and, and just general sports enthusiasts in Melbourne were looking forward to origin that rug was pulled out from under our feet lo and behold the thing that we didn't expect was that Sydney would end up being in the situation that it's in right now and Melbourne might be the place that ends up holding I think you know, amongst the many, many challenges that there are before that decision's made. And, you know, being as we are, you know, Sydney boys are born and bred, um, you know, and no grand final of the rugby league ever having been played outside the state. Um, I, I don't wish it upon Sydney to lose the grand final. Let me be clear about that. Mm. But, you know, the irony of it is that uh, we always thought that if there was a grand final not going to be played in Sydney, it would have been played in Brisbane. So uh, the uh, the likelihood of uh, the grand final in rugby league and the AFL grand final being played at the MCG is immense. Uh, look, there's a lot of people down here. They, they, they would, If they were able to fill it to its brim, it would be absolutely chock-a-block. I guarantee you that. I've worked closely with the Storm over the years, covered them for 20 years, and um, and I know for a fact that amongst the, the group who don't regularly go, 
it's one of the first things sports fans in Melbourne do is check the mm. scores of the storm. So, you know, there's a lot of people out here. If it was a grand final, they would be there front and centre. Roberto, brilliant as always, mate. And uh, by the way, Collingwood smashed West Coast, mate. That's a nice little uh, treat for you guys towards the end of the season. Thanks, exactly. Mate. A little bit of revenge 2018. See Shane, see you, Timmy. Yeah, they can go on their after-season trip because they're not going to play finals football. See you, Rob. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Nothing better than listening to the mellifluous tones of the voice of cycling uh, at uh, the Olympic Games in Tokyo, Phil Liggett, and he joins us now. How are you, Phil? I'm very well, uh, recovering from the night shift back home in the UK, but uh, the racing was very good, and... uh and somehow you you feel as though you're there, Tim, even though you're not. Yeah, that is the virtual world we live in these days, isn't it? But let's start on a positive note. And, and Rowan Dennis, of course, uh, you and I have called and commented and talked about him for many years now, South Australian who has taken a bronze medal in Tokyo. Yeah, that's right. And it was a big relief too, I think, to the team because they didn't have a great road series. But when... Uh, Dennis pulled out because you have to ride, you have to be part of the road team to ride the time trial. That's the Olympic rule. Uh, but he didn't start in the road event. Dennis is a very, very uh, interesting character. But this time he applied himself very well. He trained on a WhatsApp. Uh, it's called Forgaz. It's, it's virtual. And then he could ride his on these special trainers in his room where it actually makes it feel like you're riding the course. So he knew the course very well. He started slower than most of them. And boy, he finished fighting. Phil, you've seen some remarkable things over your time as a broadcaster. How often have you seen someone chuck their arms in the air and cheer as if they'd won and they came second? I know she came back and won gold the next day or a couple of days later. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was Annie Van Vluten. She didn't realise, she said, that there was still one rider in front her name was, who had broken away at the zero kilometre of the whole race and she won. And take nothing away from her because to ride that distance like she did, she was very, very good. But, you know, something I'm always against is radios uh, in the ears of the riders so that it can be directed. And in the Olympics, that's against the rules. Uh, you can talk to your teammates and they should know. And some of the teammates on the Dutch team said they knew there was still one girl away. And others, including Anne Meek, said she didn't know there was one away. Well, the answer is, why don't they get together? The result was Anne Meek Van Vluten. Uh, she, she was second and she thought she won the gold medal. Since then, the big one-day classic in Spain, she flew straight from Tokyo to Spain and won the Grand Prix San Sebastián. Uh, so uh, she's had a great period of time. Yeah, and a remarkable athlete she is. And Phil, look, the the track has started and Australia not off to a cracking start? Sadly not. Uh, Moments ago, maybe about half an hour ago as we speak, um, Australia were trying to qualify in the team pursuit for the men. Um, Snapped handlebars and over the bars went one of the riders. And I I haven't seen it. I've only reporting it. So uh, he did dust his nose on the ground, but he wasn't hurt. Uh, They had to quite a delay then before they could restart at the end of the qualifying session. 
Britain didn't ride that well either. And they're the arch rivals of Australia. They finished in fourth place, so they probably would shoot at the medals. Uh, there's still an outside chance for Australia. It's fastest against slowest. But the Danes were the best in a, an Olympic record time, and they were the big danger. Uh, when we've talked about this in the past, I've always said anybody who's going to break down Britain, it will be Denmark. It's been it's been fantastic, hasn't it? We're halfway through the Olympic Games and, and so much talk uh, prior to the Games as to whether it will go ahead, won't it go ahead. Some were saying they shouldn't, some should say they they should. And I think you and I both agreed that once the, the competition had begun, a lot of that other talk would slow down or virtually sweep, sweep away. And that's the way it's been. It's been a great um, morale boost here in Australia. I don't know what it's been like there in the UK. Well, you know, we've learned to live with Australia, Tim, but we get we only get twenty eight thousand cases a day now, so we're on the on the descent and very few deaths. So we just get on with life here now. We were I I personally wear a mask. Most sensible people do when they go in the shops. Other than that, life is absolutely normal here in the UK now, and uh, everybody's been vaccinated, and uh, it's something that Australia will realise they will have to do as time unfolds. But you'll learn the hard way like the Brits did. But, uh, yeah, as, uh, we got off to a shaky start with the road races. Simon Geschke, unable to start. He'd gone from the Tour de France directly to Tokyo and got pulled from the road race because he tested positive, uh, along with a Czech Republic rider. But we've not had any more since then. And the games are going ahead pretty smoothly. Lack atmosphere, of course, in the stadiums. We have plenty of spectators speckled around the road race routes. Uh, but yet they're getting through them and I'm very happy for Japan and all the doubters I think in Japan itself I think they might have changed their attitude now. It does make you feel good about the world, doesn't it? You and I, have, I haven't covered anywhere near as many as you have, but I've, I've certainly covered quite a few. And it, it, it is a great time uh, of even by symbolism to, to get a bit of unity going. Yeah, it is. We're beginning to feel we're getting back to normal. Um, but goodness me, it's been a strange 18 months. I've never seen Heathrow Airport uh, since a year last May. Um, I'm scheduled to do a triathlon in Slovakia. Uh, but as I just before I spoke to you, my ticket just got cancelled by British Airways. No reason given. So we've got to find a new route to Slovakia now. But uh, I'm hoping we will get to that triathlon. It's a big one. Richest triathlon ever, ever held in the world with $1.5 million prize list. And there's only 36 competitors, the best in the world. So I hope we get that one off the ground. But it'll be my first flight abroad uh, since May 2020. Yeah, well, fingers crossed we'll see you in the in the new year in Australia as well. It might be slightly premature, but who knows? We're positive people. Good to talk, Phil. Lovely, Tim, and good to talk to you, mate. At least we can still talk. COVID can't stop that. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you, of course, goes out to Phil Liggett, to Katie Brown and to Rob Gilbert. Thank you to our sponsors, X-Blades, Shane. Yeah, talking about footy boots, X-Blades, www.xblades.com.au. Oh, they're great footy boots. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.